Welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series created specifically for tourism operators. Talking Tourism, the expert series, is the ultimate resource for business owners who want to lift their skills to the next level. If you want to learn how to be a better tourism operator, listen on. Hello, this is Talking Tourism and I'm Rachel Williams, your host for today's program. Now, every fortnight, the Tourism Industry Council Tasmania will be bringing you conversations with the brightest minds in the tourism industry. And of course, the TICT is the peak body for tourism operators in the beautiful state of Tasmania. And what we're doing is not just relevant to Tasmania, but the industry in general right across this wonderful country of ours. Now, do you offer exceptional and consistent customer service and customer experiences starting from behind the scenes? And if not, why not? How do you start a planning process that minimises risk and maximises success for your business? Well, today I'm joined by Ali Uren, who is the Director of Kickstart, a boutique coaching service for people in the tourism, hospitality and lifestyle sectors. Welcome to you, Ali. Hello there, Rachel. How are you? I'm very well. Now, you've come from one great wine station with the Barossa to (laughs) to the Tasmanian wine aisle. I have. I have, yeah, from Eden Valley in South Australia. Well, welcome to you. Thank you. Now, we're going to have a bit of a a chat today about um, challenging the status quo. Yeah, sure. I think that's probably Mm. one way of being able to put it, um, developing businesses that are commercially viable, visionary and globally aware. Now, there's some big statements there. They're big statements, but I do big work. Mm. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing about <laughs> it. Now, tell us a little bit about your business. You've you've started the business Kickstart yeah. over a decade ago. Yeah, what does sure. it do and, and who do you focus on? Yeah, so our work is really uh, building talent and capability um, within tourism. So we work in different industries, but let's focus on tourism. And so organisations, big and small, that really want to best prepare for the future, really, and a bit benefit from now. So we have a strategic arm to what we do, but very much a learning and development process. So we don't just do plans and go, there you are. We actually work alongside our client and their teams to develop the skill and talent to really deliver on ideas, ultimately. Now, most people like to think that they've they've got it all sorted, that their business is kicks, you know, yeah. kicking along yeah. fine. And yeah. but the reality is that we all need to look introspectively at, at some one hundred percent. Yeah, and I think too because the world is changing quicker. What you did in business that might have worked even two or three years ago is not always going to be relevant moving forward. Um, so every business needs to have an opportunity to take stock and reflect. Um, and really focus on where they leverage what is working, but to be brave enough to leave behind the parts that are no longer going to serve them and, the, and ultimately their customers. So, as how well. are guests and customers mm. changing? What's different these days? I think if you look at it, there's a couple of key trends. And if you look at no matter where, you know, what state and um, what territory, they're, they're very, very similar. So, a couple of key points. One is people really do want things that are quality and quite unique. So they're wanting something that's quite bespoke. Um, They want to be educated normally while they're undertaking an experience. They want something that I suppose has the brag factor as well too. Um, People do like to go back and regale their family and friends with, oh, I did this. And we know with social media and and being highly visual, people want to be able to share that. I think people want to meet the people behind the story. So product, services, experiences that are much more intimate um, and much more personalised. So in terms of helping out, a business, whether it be big or small, are there some key 
areas that are the same, no matter that the advice is the same, no matter what sort of sure. business and what yeah. scale of business yeah, it is? Yeah, absolutely. So um, if we look at, well, you've got to go back to the beginning. There's no point taking something to the market unless you've really done your homework. And a couple of key areas that I think I'd really encourage businesses, regardless of size, to look at before they get excited about taking anything to market is understanding the brand, so what, who you actually are for. And I always say to people, no brand, including my own, is right for everyone and not everyone is right for us. And we need to own that and get comfortable with that. Um, I think in terms of research, we've got to do our research. So we need to know what is changing out there. Where are the gaps for me as a brand? Strengths are awesome and they should be leveraged, but also where are the skill gaps and the threats? What could make me not necessarily reach my potential as an organisation and my people as an organisation? I've got to do my research. What's changing? And the third one would be um, really getting a handle on where you want to go. So understanding, having a proper plan. And I would say, you know, I've worked with multiple really big brands and I've worked with small brands and just because you're bigger doesn't always mean you've got everything sorted and there are lots of gaps in planning and the ability to execute um, that are just as prevalent and bigger as in smaller. But that would be, you know, there's a lot to, to consider, but that would be probably my top three. So areas. we all need to get out the whiteboards or the butcher's paper well, you and do. sit you down. Need time and- to think. And I think that's a really good point, that people don't make time to be creative because they're always reactionary. So they're always thinking, oh, what's going on in TripAdvisor, for example? Yeah, oh, they said something about that. Okay, well, quickly, oh, we'll be reactionary to that. We'll, we'll have to do that. We're going to put a, a spot fire out rather than actually stop, take stock and think about really from a holistic perspective, where's the greatest opportunity? So, yeah, get your butcher's paper out. Get the whiteboard out. Because I'm assuming that's where some of the big industry influences would have started from a, a humble boardroom table or kitchen bench and Absolutely. Bar. You know what? And there's still big brands that are using it. You know, that we need to simplify it. That doesn't mean we're dumbing it down. But, that yeah, we are actually going right back to the beginning to actually say, you know, my purpose, my vision is that actually even relevant anymore? Does that, you know what I mean? Is that yeah. really where we want to okay. go? Okay, well, let's try and, I suppose, make up our own case study. And yeah. Then, unless you've got one that springs to sure. mind straight away that, that yeah. you've worked with. But yeah. I'm, I'm thinking Tasmanian tourism business, regional areas, we, we face challenges with that. We mm. are booming, obviously, industry, but, yep. um, you know, all small businesses face sort of different challenges and barriers around that. Um, let, let's say a hotel, small hotel with offshoots of other sort of activities associated with them. What would you do if you came into a business like that? Where would you start and what would you say in terms of this is what we need to do to ensure that our future is successful? Yeah, so I think before I can give a definitive answer on that, I think in terms of the processes that I would go through, I'd be very much looking at undertaking an assessment of what's currently working well but also where are the threats and the gaps within that current process. So, what might be some of those? Look, some of those will be, um, it could be, uh, well, obviously an irrelevant product, not having enough diversity. It could be having poorly um, trained skills, you know, in terms of team. Yep. So not understanding how to actually make a connection or be able to sell something or be able to tell a story. It can be not working in partnership with other people in, in a region, which will limit your ability, you know, to take things to the market. It could be poorly communicated comms and marketing too, you know, so how you actually tell the story. Um, it can even be a lack of choice in how people can engage with an experience that will limit. So today in the session we went through a, you know, a lot of that, but it is, you know, you've got gaps and then you've got threats. So that could be not knowing who your competitors are, not keeping ahead of where the trends are too. 
Um, so that's particularly important. So the first thing I would always say, a lot of operators don't actually have up-to-date plans. So I think undertaking a holistic risk assessment and looking at all parts from product, environment, people, processes and systems, um, you really need to look at the whole business. Risk isn't just about physical injury, you know. No, It's actually right. around those other key elements and you, you have to understand, you know, for me I would not be designing an experience until I really understand the talent of my team. Well, let's talk a bit more mm. in depth about that because there's nothing worse than a bad customer service experience. Yep. It drives you up the wall. Yeah, yep. Why do some people get that so wrong? I often find you go to a cafe and some people are brilliant. You want to go back to that cafe. Yeah. You go and get a coffee and and someone doesn't even bother to look up from what they're sure. doing. You think, well, I'm not coming back here. Yeah, no, correct, correct. And I think what happens is a few things there that I think, you know, it'd be great for listeners to consider. One is is that there isn't really no clear benchmark or standards for the team to work towards either. Yeah, we assume we assume that people are going to be great at it. Um, I think tourism is not unlike retail where we think anyone can do it. Yeah, I think we underestimate how complex and how skilled you need to be to do well. Um, I think definitely um, poor lack of leadership from the top, so operators and management not not being there to help guide and mentor. Um, and I think people, as I said, just ill-suited to really understanding what it takes to make people feel good. You know, I always say that service and experience are two different things. You have a service which is more process-driven. Does that make sense? That's sort of just the process of, of providing something, but the experience is more about the emotion. And people seem to be more in tune with that now. Correct. And, and look, you're hearing it's, it's been experience experiences. That's been in the industry for probably the last it's three buzzword, years. Word, isn't it? It is, but I think people need to understand, um, well, what does that actually mean and how do I actually create quality? And I think we always jump to the pretty shiny stuff like marketing, like digital um, marketing without really understanding the back end. Uh, so is that just an deliver. inherent thing in certain people or can it be learned? I think it can be learned. You know, I think we need to be taking, like I said, a whole picture um, approach to developing business that is in the best um, position possible to deliver on experience. I just think people think marketing or digital is going to deliver the golden egg and it's not. There's many parts. You know, and I think lack of processes too, if I can say that, Rachel. Yeah, let's, let's go If we go to that, because I think people go, oh, processes and systems and it's boring. Sounds a bit boring, doesn't it's it? It's not though, Rachel, it's not. <laughs> Sorry, no, it's, actually it's very not, important. No, it is important, you know, and if you have the right approach to it, you'll actually see that that ability to consistently deliver on that experience is everything. And I think, you know, you've got to, I would be encouraging every, look, the first thing I think if people go away and start to look at what what have we got in our business um, if you were to be taken out by a bus, if you were to get ill, if you were to go away, could your team really run that operation to the expectations of yourself and of the of the client? And, you know, from the session that we did today for people that couldn't be part of it, um, we really identified there was a gap but a great opportunity to do more in that. So everyone said, oh, I've got it in my head. I've got it in my head. It's not on paper. Yep. But it's in my head. Yep. Well, that puts you in a really vulnerable position. So I suppose that would be fair to say that a lot of small businesses in the tourism sector are the one-man family-type shows that, you know, they want to be able to have 15 different hats and be good at everything but don't necessarily do everything 100% and don't have the skills of the staff with the skills to help out if they're not there. Yes. So what I'd say to that is really keep your eye on the prize and prioritise where you need to be putting your energy and I'd like to come back from it if I can, is that everyone needs to consider what matters. What do you need to prioritise? And that will, once again, come out of where, where the gaps and the opportunities are. 
But I think you do, if you're in business, you need to be smart about what you're going to invest into. And I get that, you know, there is finite resources, but you do need to invest and look outside your own business sometimes to bring in that talent, yeah, and to be mindful, not wasteful of it. But I think once again, it comes down to what do you want to prioritise? Do you find most businesses come to you for help when they're starting out or when they realise that they're in over their heads and they can't everything, do everything? Everything. You know, no, look, I mean, you know, there's a startup phase, but I've worked with some really big brands, international brands, and they are coming to me because they will have a great business, but they know there is always more to be done. There's a next step to take. So I think it's people that have realised where we've got ambition, we want to do more, but how do we actually do it and where do you start? And that can be, like I said, you know, bigger companies don't always certainly have that intel and, and a different approach that's going to be beneficial. So they come to someone um, like like Kickstart. Um, some of them are smaller businesses that say, we've got an idea, but we don't know actually, we don't have the skill to execute it because it is a whole other skill set to create ideas and then do something with it. That's the thing. There's so many ideas that people have and then they think, oh, I don't actually have the, the money to invest in no. it or it's not the right time correct, for me. Correct, correct. So simplifying and getting clarity around it. How do they? How do you move? What advice would you give them to yep. move forward? Okay, always coming back to what's what's your vision and what's your purpose. But in terms of just go for it, take the risk. And I tell run you, with look, it. absolutely. I think we don't do enough trial and experimentation. I think we are scared of what other people think. I think we're scared of that fear of failure that everyone talks about. Um, I think you certainly have to be able to trial and experiment. You do because that's where the opportunity comes from. But it, once again, it's about how do you minimise the fallout to the business and wasting money that, you know, we know it's hard to make money and, and it is, doesn't matter who you are, it's, you know, competitive time. But I think I would always say to people, you've got to know when to move. Does that make sense? You've got a trial. You have to experiment. You put it out there. But you've got to be smart and you've got to do your homework. And so I think it's always about coming back to the ideas that have the greatest impact for you. And that differs between brands. You know, it, it depends on what you're wanting to achieve ultimately in terms of that objective. And that comes down to what, you know, we've spoken about and spoken about with other people on this podcast series about not always being reactive. Correct. Thinking. And I know that sounds so obvious and people go, yeah, well, you meant to think, but you know what? Because everything, like you said, Rachel, particularly if you're doing, well, everyone, right? But a lot of people, they're caught in that busy bubble, aren't they? I'm busy, I'm busy. And it's reactionary. They don't actually have proper time to think. So that's why I'll always say to people, if you want to do awesome work and have a great business, no matter what size, and I'm not saying you need to be multinational, international, no, you don't, you know, small is beautiful, you must set aside regular time to do some of the creative thinking that allows you to actually reflect on on what you're doing at the moment. And anecdotally, or perhaps you can yeah. give some, some case studies, yeah. what are some of the um, measurable achievements or outcomes that yep. you've seen with yep. businesses that have come to you for help. Yep. How have they benefited or improved okay. I don't by know. doing I some mean, of these I mean, I can things? name clients or I can just give you examples and sectors if you want. Yep. Um, so there was one particular – so we'll talk about one in particular that was in tourism but within a visitor centre um, role. So they have been able to – and it's quite – I'll give, I suppose, some of the key outcomes because they're quite sort of involved, but – they worked to redesign their whole model in a way, right? So they looked at where the opportunities were. So a good example there is that they couldn't compete with big booking platforms anymore, you know, like bookings.com and whatever. Yeah, and they're growing all the Correct, online, right? So. And, they, and look, this, the no VIC has the budget to compete with that. So they worked with me and said, well, what's our space? What do we own now? And so what we've done at the moment, and it's a project that's still happening and they've just gutted the space to enact this, which is quite exciting, but – 
they have worked to reposition themselves as a expert on experiences in that region. So they've actually been able to work with me to develop new income streams, working with producers, new retail product. So they've seen um, a big, big uh, increase in revenue, but also on foot traffic. And that's that spin-off effect, isn't it? Once, you know, success breeds success. Once you start having one business doing a, a farm door experience or something, yep. the next one's, well, I could do something similar to that Correct. Too. So what we've done with that is we've really worked and we are working quite heavy with partners in the region to generate new opportunities on site that will then push out into the region that don't currently exist. So when we get it right, those partners or those um operators talk to other operators. So we're creating more opportunity where we generate revenue, but we're giving value back uh, back into the industry to be much more involved. Um, so they win too because they're getting new opportunity to, to promote. And once we have those customers and guests on site, once we've actually attracted them, are they becoming harder to impress? We talk about experiences and experiential um Things, yes, for want of yeah. a better word. Yeah, um, are they getting harder to please? You just got oh, look, and that's a really good point. You know, like we said, what you would expect to get from a VIC. Let's just take that example if we can, because it's the same. Anyone so visitor information centers. visitor information centres. Yeah, um, it's not just about information anymore. Let's think about it. Look what's happening around us. I mean, I just go to my phone now. You know, I have access to technology. Yeah, I can get real updates in real time. So. It has to be, we've got to be designing the product, the experiences, the story that fulfills a really different space. And you're right, I think there is much more competition across operators and regions. Um, We have much more noise in people's heads too. Uh, I think that people are saying, hey, if I'm going to spend money, I want something that is actually quality and that's valuable. So they are becoming more discerning, which means that us as businesses need to be much more creative and how forward you, thinking. How do you find that we, uh, on the global scale, are we leading the pack or are we just following in behind? Well, I think Australia is doing really, really well. And, you know, we've done some interesting work in even in outback and, you know, regional Australia. I think with anyone, it's like any industry, I think we have some people that are really leading and are always held up as the ambassadors. I think then we have other people in the industry that perhaps see it more as a lifestyle choice rather than a serious business. And that's okay, but I do think moving forward, regardless of size, if you want to be in it, you've got to be in it boots and all. You can't sort of think, oh, well, I like people, you know. I like, you know, I like going Some on holidays. <laughs> well, yeah, no, 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 but, you know, I like people or I like going on holidays. I'll open up a tourism business, you know, um, and expect to make it work. And, it, you know, it, it's not. It's There's a level of, I think, sophistication that we need to have and forward thinking, you so know. So you think that some people have said it's an easy business. They think yeah, on correct. the outside correct. it looks like it. It's like people saying, I'm going to run a bar, yeah. I'm going to run yeah, a restaurant. I like pink fluffy things, so I'm going to set up a business selling those and, and everything will be right. Yeah, just and because you like it. Correct, doesn't mean other people like it, you know. So I think, like I said, there is a um, complexity of you know, skills that people need to be able to invest in to make it work. Okay, well, let's just go through in a yeah, bit more detail sure. than those skill sets. Um, specific to the tourism yeah. 
yep. tourism industry, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, you've, you've obviously spoken at the Tourism Industry Council Tasmania's function today mm-hmm. and go around the world talking about well, it. I, well, yeah, no, I go, I go around Australia, but the world, you know, if anyone is out follow. there, come on. Well, they will follow. <laughs> I've got plans, no, but certainly around Australia and regionally yes. outback. So quite okay. interesting so maybe places. give us your top five tips then. All right. So these, well, can I start with the skills? Because yeah, if I can give you those, because they have changed in the last five years. So when I say these, people probably think, oh, that's not real. That's what I wouldn't say normally with tourism, but this is where it's going. So number one, complex problem solving. Number two, critical thinking. Number three, creativity. Number four, people management. And number five, coordinating. So bringing so things together. The skills you need to Absolutely, be absolutely. So, so maybe so, go into a bit more Sure, detail. yeah. So complex problem solving. So if we look at the, where the data's going, so that is, that's quite linked into critical thinking, yeah? So let's, I'm going to flip them around because they make more sense probably. Critical thinking is the ability, and you'll see when I talk this through, you're like, yeah, you actually do need that if you're going to be in the game and design experiences that matter. Um, that is the ability to look and take something through. So come up with a response or an opinion to a complex or a, a, an issue or a matter, yeah? So actually have the ability to work through it and to identify it. Problem solving is obviously the ability to come up with a solution to what the, you know, the opinion or the insight that you've gained. Creativity is the ability to create something that is unexpected and has the, that, that real ability to create an emotion and be distinctive. Um, people management, well, I, I don't like the term management, but the ability to develop people. So if someone comes to me, it's no longer, you know, enough to say, well, I've given you a job. Well, there's lots, you know, there's other opportunity out there. So if I want to keep good talent, I need to know how to nurture that. So that ability to, people talk about leadership a lot, but really to influence and develop others is a key skill that you're going to need, whether or not you've got 50 people, two people, another person, and even develop yourself too, yeah, because you need to invest in yourself. And coordinating is the ability to bring together many parts um, of operating a business um, and being able to, suppose, to put your focus across those different areas. So when we think about what we're asking people to do, you know, to be innovative, to be able to take an idea and execute it, they're not they're not base. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're changing. And, and I think, you know, operators, regardless of size, have to be ready to be able to respond to that and you know, so I'd assume that a lot of operators who are in it, you know, for the financial reason as well as they love it, sure. But they would take on board those things and say, "Yep, we can tick those off yep. the list," or go about correct acquiring it them. Done. Yes. To those other people that you, you've mentioned yeah. about the hobby type tourism yeah. operators, why would you? How would you encourage them to actually say it's not just about you and your hobby; it's about the broader industry. Yeah, absolutely, and about and I yeah. So I think you're right. You're in a client centric industry, so. People need to look at ways where they can upskill too. So to look at where they can engage, you know, within the industry. So to link in, to read, do you know what I mean? You don't have to go into formal training. You don't have to be going and doing, you know, I would say go to conferences, absolutely. I'd say go and if there's networking in your area, attend it. And listen to the Tourism Does that make Industry sense? Council podcast. Of that course would be you would. You'd be tip. a fool not to. You would. Of course. <laughs> um, but also too to read. You know, there's so many blogs, so many great stories that you can just connect in with. And that's the funny thing, isn't it? Because, you know, we say now it's more challenging. There is so much information out there. That can be a good thing, but it can also be detrimental, can't it? It it can be. And that's why I'd always say there's a tipping point when you can take on so much that you get paralysis because you don't know where to move. So I would ask, regardless of what it is that you're wanting to achieve, 
I would focus on maybe two or three key areas. So if there was two areas that I identified I needed to upskill in, I would just do my research and do my reading around maybe one or two. And I think in terms of, you know, there is a lot of, there's a lot of great newsletters you can sign up to. There's a lot of great blogs, but I think people just need to start small and focus on what that is, but to open up their mind, that learning doesn't need to be laborious. It doesn't need to be expensive, but to really make a conscious effort to commit really weekly, regularly to their own development and the gaining of knowledge. And they'll see the benefits as a result absolutely. So and emotionally cor- probably Well, too. correct, too. And they need to look. It's not easy running business, and I say, but it's also the best thing you can do. So you're right. Look after your well-being. You know, this isn't just about let's put something out there. It really is about you need to be in the right place in yourself too, you know. Um, so I think that people need to, um, if you've got, always have a plan though. When you have knowledge, some knowledge will just stay in your head and that's lovely, but think about why you're committing time to this as well. And I know that, as I said, time is really valuable. So make sure if you're going to read something, if you're going to do your research, what do you want the outcome to be? It has to be purposeful driven. Okay, so don't sit still. Challenge the status quo. Absolutely. Challenge it. Go you know, review it and say, is that the only way? You know, listen to people. Expose yourself to new ideas. You know, and I think that's really, really important. And I said, have a plan to develop yourself. What's the next 12 months look like for you to connect in with other people too, yeah? Yeah. And that's good lot- for individuals and the industry. Correct, for the industry as a whole. We're a community. So how do we um, support one another and how do we expose ourselves to other ideas which ultimately will only lead to the betterment of the industry moving forward? Wonderful. Well, Ali Uren, thank you so much for kickstarting Good. Thank um, you, Rachel. us and uh, your business kickstart as well. It has certainly been an interesting chat about getting that consistent customer experience and, and also managing business from the ground up, really, Correct. hasn't it? Thank you so much for uh, having me. Our pleasure. Thank you. So thank you all very much for listening. I hope you have got some value out of our conversation today with Ali. Uh, if you have enjoyed today's show, please do tell your tourism colleagues to take a listen. As I said earlier, it's not just about Tasmanian tourism businesses. It's about the industry as a whole right across this great land of Australia. So thank you very much for listening and we will see you in a fortnight. You've been listening to Talking Tourism, brought to you by Tourism Industry Council Tasmania. For show notes, other materials and episodes, head to tict.com.au. Be sure to come back every fortnight for a new instalment of Talking Tourism.